Hello everyone, and welcome to Discussions and Dragons, the podcast where my brother and I take an in-depth look at the world of 5e and all things Dungeons and Dragons. Opening and closing music credit to Will Savino at patreon.com slash musicd20. I'm Britton. And I'm Jaren. And this week, we're discussing a few ideas that we have for creating a simple but compelling backstory for your character. So, as we were discussing this week before, you know, recording today, obviously, um, we kind of found out that Jaren and I are a little bit opposites when it comes to character creation and backstory creation. So, Jaren, your ideas for character creation and the the backstory, they kind of come from a little bit more of a, um, like a narrative approach, right? That's kind of how you were describing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I tend to start with the idea first, and then I um, will kind of use my my character's stats to kind of fill in the details about that. Um, and I'll I'll get to how I use that, um, you know, as we, we talk about it here. But I I generally will start. I like to keep it simple. Um, and before we get started, I, I should just put the disclaimer: these are just things that have worked for us based on experiences. And uh, I don't think either one of us is. You know, we're not professional writers. We don't have a background in creative writing or anything like that. Um, but this is just stuff that's, you know, worked for us. And so I always start with the simple question of why. Um, why is my character, what, what, what scenario did they leave? Why did they leave their lifestyle to go adventuring? And usually that comes in one of two different forms. It's either, either they're trying to accomplish something. They're trying to find this certain magic item or seeking revenge on somebody or want to get vengeance for, you know, this wrong that was uh, done to them or their family. They're running to something or they're running from something. Maybe it's the law. Maybe they committed some horrible crime or they have a, a past that they are ashamed of and they're trying to get away from. Um, generally, like, what are they trying to achieve? Um, what, what sort of thing are they running from or running to? And I try to think beyond a simple, um, I want to make money, I want to get treasure, I want to get gold and be rich. Because generally, like, that's an okay secondary motivator. Um, most of the time, like, if your character wants to put that as the surface thing, sure. You know, generally, it's something a little bit more than that. It's deeper than that. It's what the money can do for your character. What can they accomplish with it? You know, once they have, you know, 5,000 platinum pieces and a ship... Why, what are they going to do with it? Why are they trying to accomplish that sort of thing? So that's my first tip is just to start with that simple question of why. Yeah, that, you know, I th- um, I think maybe it was on Twitter. Uh, it was an exchange between some of the members of, of Critical Role. The the why is very important. You know, I th- they, were, they were joking about, you know, perfectly sane, happy, and content people usually aren't the ones going on adventures. There's some reason, yeah, would you like to leave your wife and kids to go fight a dragon? No, there's always some sort of like external reason as to why they wanna leave. So I think the why is very important to establish early on. So I I would agree that that's really something that helps, especially newer players kind of dig deeper into their character so they can find justification for, for their character's choices. Right. And if you ever find yourself in that scenario where you're thinking, oh, my character wants riches, well, extend it one further and ask that question, well, why do they want riches? And that helps you kind of dig a little bit deeper. Um, and by the way, this your, your backstory doesn't have to be some massive six-page uh, tome. This is just mostly to help you generate like a paragraph or two of what they're trying to do. That's all it really needs to be. Yeah. Like like Jaron said, I we don't have degrees in creative writing. I would, you know... It would definitely help, but 
I know that I try to at least get a good, like, solid paragraph that will help me make conscious decisions for my character. Now, you said, you know, moving into stats, like, how how does that affect you for for your background creation when it comes into, like, the character? Like, how do you move into that? Well, that's uh, another tip, um, but I... I kind of you can use stats themselves as a uh, a cue to generating some sort of a backstory um, and I think there's a couple different ways to approach that um, one it would be to simply if you if you're not sh- quite sure what you want to play um, you can have a bit of a uh, you know, a randomness towards assigning your stats and then use that to discover what your what your class is going to be and um, you know, look at it and go, oh, well, my character's really strong. They got a high constitution. Maybe I'll play a fighter or, um, you know, they're, they've got a lot of uh, stats in, in wisdom or something like that. And we'll play a, a caster. Um, or if you've already got that and you want to use a little bit of randomness, um, you might come up with something a little atypical and quirky that could lead you to asking that question why. Maybe you're a fighter with a low constitution, and you ask, well, okay, that's a bit weird, because typically that's your highest stat, or or the constitution and strength is usually like your two highest stats as a fighter. But you might think, well, this could be really interesting. Um, Why do they have a low constitution if they're a fighter? That doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's a scenario where... They're just like the youngest one of the family, and they're always the last to be picked uh, for the team. They're just the smallest one, and they're trying to prove themselves. They want some validation. They're determined to be some sort of a, a strong fighter in combat, you know. Or maybe it's like a, a wizard with a, a high strength because you randomly gave them a bunch of uh, points into strength. Um, and you think, well, that's kind of weird. Like, what scenario, you know? Why why are they a wizard with high strength? Maybe they were like always pegged for being this you know, buff jock kind of a person, but secretly they just had a passion for reading and they were fascinated by the arcane. Like over time, they developed this secret side passion and hobby, you know? So then in combat, maybe they like describe the way they cast in a way that kind of disguises that and makes it look like they're just a melee fighter, you know, could lead to some interesting things. You know, if you add a little bit of randomness and, and, you know, you can use those stats as a way to discover your, your backstory and who your character is. That's really interesting. I've honestly I've never heard of that sort of using stats to inform your backstory. Um, mostly because you know the the people that I've played with um, are generally I wouldn't. It's it's not a power gamer situation or or a min maxer situation, but we we all want to be doing you know the best with what we have. So you know no one's gonna make their they're casting their dump stat. They're not going to make their casting mod or their casting stat their dump stat or anything like that. They try not to play against what their character can do. But I think that's a really interesting, you know, narrative device to inform a backstory. Maybe choosing an unexpected stat to give a buff to. You know, like you said, with a, a wizard, yeah, sure, you probably have high intelligence, but what's maybe something that's not expected? Maybe really high charisma. Yeah, they're book smart, but maybe they're also kind of a charmer. How does that affect maybe your um, the choices of your character's background, like the the background choices that you make in the book? Um, maybe they're a charlatan. Maybe maybe they're kind of a trickster. Or you know, I, I I think that's actually a really interesting way to think of a backstory is using these kind of hard numbers to develop 
maybe the choices that your character has made up until now. Yeah. Perhaps your wizard has a, a high dexterity and they sort of cast secretively their proficient in playing cards and they're like basically Gambit from X-Men. Oh, God. Can you imagine? I would love to play Gambit from X-Men in a 5e setting. <laughs> it would be super fun. Except instead of being somebody that like throws playing cards as if they're uh, daggers, you know, they're, they're, they're throwing playing cards as they're casting spells. I think that'd be kind of interesting. Oh, um, yeah. So, but that leads to another uh, another suggestion. While we're, t- while we're thinking about using the stuff on the character sheet as ways to inform the backstory, um, I also like to use proficiencies as a way to inform the backstory. You know, I think it's, it tends to be another thing that, you know, we, we want to, like, min-max our characters, so we're like, okay, they're going to be good at this, and, you know, if, if we're a rogue, obviously there's certain things that we're definitely going to pick. Um, you know, and I I'd encourage you to, like, you know, sure, take that approach, that approach, but, like, also maybe have some interesting things thrown in there as well, and think about how they tie together. I think that's the, the key here. Um, not just, you know, well, you know, why is my... Uh, caster proficient in Arcana. Well, of course they're proficient in Arcana. They're caster, but like combining a couple things. Why are they proficient in Arcana and nature specifically? You know, um, what sort of scenario would lead them to be familiar with both of those things? You know, or if they're, uh, you know, like a bard that's proficient in medicine and playing cards is kind of, you know, a weird thing. You might think, well, what scenario would lead them to be being good at both of those things? What uh, situation in their past, you know, led them to being proficient in both those things. Uh, you can also use stuff like languages to think about their backstory, where they came from, their upbringing. Why, why is your character able to speak common and draconic? Or, you know, they're, they're not a dwarf, but they're, they know dwarven and undercommon. You know, what did they just happen to, you know, have some friends as, as a youth that, you know, dealt in some shady circles or something. Um, I don't know. You, but I think just thinking about how they tie together, how different um, languages could lead to an interesting situation, different proficiencies that might be um, a little out of the ordinary. Or if you're just taking those typical ones, just, you know, try not to think about them as individual things, but ways that they could combine in a, in a situation to make somebody proficient in those things. Hope I'm making sense and not speaking too generally, but I think that's uh, another way that I sometimes think about making a backstory using those different proficiencies as prompts. No, for sure. I was going to say that I think that's maybe where we have um, some really strong overlap in our backstory creation, um, that proficiencies, I think, honestly, proficiencies are a little bit more of a telling uh, tool to inform their backstory more than anything, because these are a, a long list of skills that your character could potentially have proficiencies in, and the even the question of why, you know, yeah, you may have a, a negative one in your wisdom modifier, but maybe you have proficiency in perception. Like, maybe you're just you are the lookout. No matter how bad you are at it, maybe your character is consistently pushing to be the lookout because they want to get better at it and they really want to they really want to be the one that looks out for their team because maybe they were the leader of some of some troop back in the day and they always felt that they needed to protect other people. So I think I, I would definitely agree that skill proficiencies are really informative when it comes to the why of your character and why they've made these decisions and why why are they proficient in these things specifically? So I would agree, more so maybe than stats. I think that proficiencies are a good 
tool for helping develop the backstory. Even because I think they fill in maybe little spots that you didn't even think about as the creator of this character. Um, you could just be making an interesting choice or making a random choice and say, okay, well, this background I have, you know, I have skill proficiencies in, you know, history and persuasion. Well, well, now why is that? I may not be playing something that has, you know, high intelligence or charisma, and those are intelligence and charisma-based skills, but maybe those are things that I just know pockets of knowledge about. I'm really not the best at persuading, but I still try because I know that my character has a little bit of charm. And where did that charm come from? You know, it's I think that these, like I said a little bit earlier, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I think that these can really inform and um, you can help discover things about your character with these proficiencies. Maybe if they were in that situation, they maybe they were a servant to nobility and they happened to um, be around charismatic people and persuasive people that had a, a good sense of the history of the region. So they're like, well, I know that I know a little bit of information. I know how it works. I'm not good at it, but I am familiar with it. You know, and by the way, these aren't things, these aren't ideas that we rehearsed ahead of time. I'm just, this is off the cuff totally. I'm just, what the first thing that came to mind when you talked about proficiency in, you know, history and persuasion, I'm thinking, oh, like Arya from Game of Thrones when she was serving Tywin. She's like, well, I get to observe it. I might not be the best at it right now, but I get to observe it. 100%. Yeah. And I, I did want to mention, I think this is probably a topic for um, maybe a, another episode for sure. Um, maybe the My Complaints About 5e. But I, th I think, I, I think that Five E specifically, and the way that they have um, character proficiencies and skills set up, it does kind of lend itself to. All right, I'm the healer. You're the talker. He's the fighter, and she's the caster. Like it's, and your skill proficiencies reflect the things that we're all the best at. And you should put your proficiency in the thing that you have a plus five in the modifier anyway, so that we can make sure this happens every time. That would be maybe my only complaint about that because it can kind of stunt your character and maybe make them just a two-dimensional, like, I'm the bard, I'm horny, and I can convince people to do things. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, yeah, well, not all bards are like that. Maybe maybe your bard is a mute and he's a college of swords. And, you know, he charms people by his dazzling displays of swordsmanship. And, you know, mm -hmm. it has, has nothing to do with um, like convincing people or being charming to people. It's just his aura is so charming. You know, I think that making, I would say that to create an informed and compelling backstory, maybe not go for the obvious choices. Maybe use those unobvious things to discover something or help inform you about your character. You know, it's, you think you know everything about your character until you're in the middle of RPing. Maybe you say something you didn't intend to say, and now your character's informed a little bit differently. Using these different skills and things that you've cultivated in the beginning of character creation. Yeah, absolutely. So my last tip, and I think this is probably a good segue into some of your things. Maybe that's the wrong way to say that, but <laughs> I, think, I think we're kind of like beginning the crossover anyways, um, is to simply steal other people's ideas. There's nothing that says you can't do that. Some of the best things that ever came out, uh, 
in in the creative sense started as quote inspirations people trying to emulate and copy uh you know whether it's your favorite band that started off trying to copy this other band or different songs that were like inspired by other other songs books movies characters that there's uh, some of the best things started as i'm stealing this idea and i'm making it making it mine and you can even take stuff that is like people know exactly what you're taking exactly what you're ripping off that's totally fine you can tweak some of those things change it a little bit to make it yours and even if it is just like a complete ripoff of Arya from game of thrones or kaladin from the stormlight archive whatever it is you know over time it's going to become personal and it's going to change and and grow to be something that is personal to you it's not going to be exactly that thing after you played for you know six to eight sessions or so it's going to evolve and grow um so yeah, you can start out playing those things, start out by playing Arya or Gambit or Kaladin from Stormlight Archive, but eventually it's going to be it's going to be yours. It's going to grow and evolve over time. Yeah, I I could not agree more. One of my most favorite characters is essentially based off of Blackstar from the anime Soul Eater. Like I wanted to create essentially a ninja that was really good with weapons but had low charisma. He's terrible to, at talking with people. He always constantly pisses people off and annoys them with his arrogance. And I was like, that's basically Blackstar. But he's become one of my most favorite characters because he's kind of that lovable guy that you roll your eyes at because, oh, here he comes. He's going to ruin the conversation. But he's a great person and really, really cares for and loves his allies. And something that, you know, it always rings into my head whenever people think about you know, well, I don't want it to be just like this character, or I don't want to feel like I'm stealing. Like, is it was a piece of advice that I had gotten in undergrad. It's steal from the good, learn from the bad. Yeah. Take the things that you resonate with and, you know, leave aside the things that don't resonate with you. And it's not stealing. You know, every character is another character. Yeah. And any t- every single time that you RP this character and say something that that other character wouldn't say... It's your character now. Yeah, exactly. And I, I would encourage you to embrace that. If you are taking a character, stealing an idea that everybody knows who this is, you know, if you're like me and you really love uh, Critical Role and you're like, I'm going to play Jester or I'm going to play Caleb Widogast, you know, sure, make that as a starting point. Maybe don't like completely rip off the entirety of their backstory. Maybe just take elements of it and change it to make it your own. But, you know, allow it to adapt don't try to brute force to play exactly that over time i think otherwise people get annoyed with it you know allow it to adapt over time i guess is the point mm-hmm, for sure and so just like we had said in the beginning jaron and i's styles for doing this uh kind of turned out to be the exact opposite i had said to him that i think that you create the justification first so you create the why and then you fill in those choices where I kind of do it the opposite. I do it, I would say, a little bit more by the book where I create the choices and then use the choices to make the justification. Both ways are completely uh, valid ways to create a character. And again, these are not the only two ways to create a backstory. These are just ours, how we frequently do them. I would say that mine is a little bit more by the book when it comes to character backstory creation. But that's just how I derive inspiration. So I typically start out before I even think about the backstory, I get race class in my head immediately. What race do I want to play and what class do I think would be an interesting combination to that race? So um, 
let's just say uh, yet again, I'm going to play a tabaxi. I love tabaxi. I'll play tabaxis till I'm blue in the face. Um, and okay, uh, I'm going to be a tabaxi warlock. All right. So now that's kind of conjured an interesting image in my head of this cat person who's generally pretty dexterous and curious and obsessed with objects. Um, maybe they're obsessed with an object that got them into trouble and now they uh, owe this favor to a higher being. Maybe that's how they got their power. Okay, well, moving into that, um, then I would pick a background immediately and, again, try to make something interesting. Uh, I'll just say uh, Outlander. So now you have three pieces of information. You are a cat person that owes a debt or is in allegiance with a higher being, and now they are in the wilds, an outlander, someone who is potentially nomadic. Now you have three really strong pieces of information to start generating that backstory. And I think maybe this is where um, Jaren and I's uh, tactics for backstory creation maybe merge a little bit, because at this point is when I start thinking about the why. Yeah, so that's interesting. So you kind of start with um, the, the tables in, in the player's handbook. I I haven't really gone to those in a while. I think because my approach tends to be, let me take inspiration from narrative fiction that I'm familiar with and, and kind of branch out on my own first and then kind of come back to the why. But let, never, you know, I... I need to remind myself and people listening, don't forget that there is a lot of really good prompts that exist already in the player's handbook by way of those tables that have um, background suggestions, ideals, flaws, bonds, all those things. Yeah, and, you know, I, I would say nine times out of ten, I'm I'm looking at the, you know, personality trait, ideal, bond, and flaw, those tables that are in the book, and changing words around and kind of creating my own. I, I look at the table and I find what one is kind of close, and then I will, you know, I'll, I'll create the one that actually fits me. But I think more so I've been, as of late, when I create a character, I start, like I said, start with race class and inform, maybe pick three or four options, and then I will look into the backgrounds, like the actual background section in the book and find one that resonates with me the most. It, I know maybe this uh, is not the most compelling or innovative or, you know, crazy way of creating backstories, but I think that, you know, again, I was complaining about 5e, but I think they did a really good job when it comes to creating backstories with your your background feature and, and you know, what you get from that and the proficiencies, you know, just like we talked about, you know, a couple minutes ago about proficiencies, proficiencies are such a good way to inform how your character is created and how they have become who they are today, regardless of what level you're starting your character at. I, I just kind of assumed that we were starting at like, you know, level one. Um, but even these level one characters, they have big reasons for leaving. They have big reasons for being in that pub on that particular night where your DM starts the campaign. So again, from the book, I don't think is, I, I would put zero judgment on anybody that starts their, their first character from the book because I could create a half elf ranger that's an outlander that will be completely different from your 
half-elf ranger that's an outlander. They, we all have different reasons for making characters. We all have different aspects of ourselves that we put into our characters. Um, also, seeking within. I guess maybe that's another tip of mine, is finding a part of yourself uh, that you would like to explore. I know last episode, Jaren, you had said that sometimes you use D&D as escapism and finding bits of yourself that you like to explore within your characters, your NPCs, and things like that. I think that's a very smart move. Oh, yeah. You know, we're not, we're not here to have, you know, a therapy session, but D&D is very cathartic. It's very therapeutic being able to say, you know, I'm, I'm not the bravest person in the world. I'm, you know, I don't think that I would stand up to authority. But that person at 7 p.m. on a Sunday is playing a Goliath paladin that is kicking down the doors of the king's palace. You know, I think it's perhaps taking bits of yourself that maybe are insecurities or bits of yourself that you'd like to explore. Throw that into your character. Make that character do the things that maybe you wouldn't do in a, in a, on a daily basis. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, your, your first few characters, it's really tough to not put a lot of elements of yourself into your character. It's just the nature of, you know, our, our creative selves. We're going to put ourselves into the things we create. And eventually, you know, it can be fun to explore things that are totally opposite of you. Like you'd mentioned, making a character that is the opposite personality or, you know, the, the areas that you are weak, they are strong in. And you get to explore that in a, in a completely safe setting. So, I, yeah, I encourage you. Yeah, that's a really good tip. You know, looking within and um, putting elements that are yourself and elements that are opposite of yourself into your character. Yeah, I, I would say maybe this is like a pseudo tip, but just as like a maybe not an official tip. Don't judge yourself. Don't judge your choices. Um, regardless of what you think about your choices in the moment, those are all informed. Your choices are coming from a place of creation. So try, try your best to not judge yourself or say, oh, well, my character's stupid because I picked the obvious choice. You don't have to be like, you know, me, I try to choose the off the wall thing so that I can make justifications for my choices so that I can try to, you know, make these compelling characters. You don't have to. Any sort of character creation is still character creation. If you want to do one that is obvious, like you are going to play a tiefling bard that is a like an actor or a performer, and they're taking these backgrounds that reflect that, that is totally okay. Please do that. Um, just based off of the tables, the personality trait, ideal, bond, and flaw, you are going to have a dynamic character. Um, so don't, don't feel like... You know, your character is less than because you're choosing obvious choices. Uh, all characters are dynamic. That's why we're playing them. Certainly. Like, the point of d d is to have fun, and these aren't tips to, to help you make backstories that other people will like. The point is, are you satisfied with it? And hopefully these tips give you some ideas as, as to how to make something that you're going to be happy with. Yeah, 100%. And I guess my last tip that I have... Um, I know my tips kind of went a little a little quick, but I, I I blew through some of them really quickly and didn't actually number them. But my last tip is actually something that I remember from my first character, and this wasn't D and D. This was actually Pathfinder, uh, my first ever tabletop character that was created. Um, I had just recently watched Frozen, 
And I became obsessed with the idea of an ice sorcerer, someone that had ice magic. And um, I started with that. I, I, I told my DM at the time because he was helping me um, create this character. I said, I want to do this ice sorcerer. I don't know what race, but these are the things that I want to do. And he said, okay. And he sat me down and we just started talking. And he said, all right, is your, is your character an orphan? Do they have parents? What's their family like? And I started describing. And as soon as I described something and I said, uh, actually, never mind. I think I want to do this. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you really quick. Your first idea is generally always your best. So go with your gut. If you say something, I'm going to write it down and we're going to move forward with it. And at first I felt like I was boxing myself in because I was like, oh no, whatever I say, that's going to be it. But it actually led to a lot of really great character backstory work. And it, it I still think about that character. I've never played him past that first, you know, couple week adventure that we had, but I still think about him because I, I love that character that I created. And so I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with don't judge yourself. But my piece of advice is when you are creating a backstory, listen to your gut. Generally, the first thing that you think of, you have there's a reason that you thought of that first. And you should explore that and dive into that and trust yourself. Because like, like Jaron said, we don't have creative writing degrees, but we can all create characters that we like. Yeah. And then we have fun playing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would encourage you to, to embrace that. Um even if it's not, you don't think it's the best idea at first, um, there's there's ways to flesh that out and to to make it interesting. And uh, like we talked about over time, it's going to adapt and um, you'll get to know your character more in depth with time. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, you know, all of these characters that we create are very personal. And I think with these kind of, opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to creating your backstory and creating a character that you feel happy with any way that you do it is good as long as you are happy with what you've created yep and that's 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 really the point is we're trying to help you to make something that you're going to be satisfied with and um, it can be simple it can be a couple paragraphs if you want to get into more depth and expand it to multiple pages that is completely up to you um, it's whatever you really get satisfaction out of. I tend to be a person of brevity and keeping things short and simple. Um, some people like to get a little bit wordy with it and write uh, much longer things, and that is completely okay. Um, I think starting from a point of simplicity is a good point, is a good starting point. And uh, over time, you'll get to know, you'll discover who your character is over time. But I think if you can start simple, um, I think it's going to make it a bit easier rather than trying to start your session one with six pages of backstory. You can do that if you want, but I think it's a better approach to keep it simple at first. And then over time, you can fill in those specific details about what your relationship was like with your third cousin, you know? Um, yeah. You know, you can do that in front if you want to, but I think it's a better approach to kind of, like I said, keep it simple. Yeah, simple decisions in the beginning can really inform your character and can inform the decisions that you will make in the future regarding your character's role play. Um, yeah, I would agree that simple decisions in the beginning are great, are a great jumping off point, and that's all it is. Your backstory, you don't need to describe the entire life of your character. Um, something that ignites you and lights a fire under your character to get them still moving forward, that's all you need. 
Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, um, discovering the world as a DM, you know, I, I, I kind of come back to this a lot, but in, in the campaign, they're running on Sundays, it's a pre-written adventure, but I don't know all the details about every location. I kind of discover those as we go. And sometimes your characters like that as well. You know, some things about your character. And then when certain scenarios come up and you're prompted to fill in the gaps of your backstory, you're like, well, wait, okay, actually, this is what that situation was. This is why they, uh, you know, are that why they don't like to get close to people because this happened that I just made up. And then you don't kind of discover that a little bit. Yeah. It's, um, even, I think even in early levels, uh, since you are kind of still close to time period wise, your backstory or, or one would hope potentially if you're starting out at low level, your backstory isn't too far back in the past. Um, you know, even, even the early levels can help inform pieces of your backstory and, Maybe I guess final thoughts for me is don't feel like you need to have everything fleshed out, especially when it comes to your backstory. Um, there may be certain situations that arise in game that help develop your backstory, help develop your character as to who they are now based off of the things that they happened that happened to them in the past. So when it comes to backstories, I think we can agree keeping it simple, but keeping those decisions strong and sticking with those decisions that you made with your gut to inform some really awesome RP. Agreed. That's the TLDR of mine is keep it simple and continue to ask yourself why. Absolutely. All right. Well, that is actually our show this week. Thank you guys so much for stopping by. And if you like this episode, please check out our future episodes, which are released every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Central. Next week, Jaren and I are going to be discussing our top five cantrips of 5e. This has been Discussions in Dragons. I'm Britton. And I'm Jaren. See you guys next time. <laughs>